specifically right here at Hope Through Grace Fellowship. What a privilege it is to meet together with brothers and sisters of like faith. One goal in mind, and that's to get others to this place called heaven. When we accepted Jesus as our personal Savior, the door swung wide open for you and I. And what a privilege it is, wherever we are, wherever we go, just to maybe witness to someone, tell them about the goodness of God. You know, I've found this to be true, that it, if I begin my day and uh, I begin to say, Lord, allow me to witness to someone today. Allow something to happen that would cause me to begin to talk to someone, begin to meet someone, whether it be at the gas pump, whether it be at the grocery store, whether it be just going somewhere to do some shopping. God has a person that needs you. There's someone out there in the Kansas City area in Liberty, Gladstone, Raytown, trying to get my town straight here around Kansas City, Independence, Cameron. Amen. There's somebody out there that you're going to run into and what you have to say is going to help them so much. So just be ready. Just be ready. Lord, here I am. I heard, uh, I read one of Catherine Kuhlman's books. I don't know if you've ever heard of Catherine Kuhlman. She was in the Great Healing Revival years ago. And she said, I really believe the only reason that I'm doing what I'm doing is because a man didn't answer the call. And then she went on to say, Lord, if you can take nothing and make something out of nothing, here I am. Here I am. What a great statement. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Amen? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, let's get our Bibles here. Before I get into the Word, I want to I want to read something uh, like I did last week. I was getting ready to preach, and the Lord gave me something. I never did get to what I wanted to preach, but we did get to what God wanted to say. So isn't that what it's all about? Uh, sometimes our agendas are good. We need to be ready and, and uh, you know, looking forward to do things like that. But we also need to be ready if God says, no, I want to do a little something different today. I mean, we, have, we may have songs scheduled. We may have a speaker scheduled. We may have dot, dot, right, you know, line, precept upon precept, line upon line. But, you know, how many of you know God is still in charge? This is still his church. Come on now, this is still his church. Hope Through Grace Fellowship is still his church. Amen. Hallelujah. He is still over us. He's still the chief shepherd. Glad to know that. So if we follow him, my dad used to tell me, son, if you'll preach the Bible, you'll never have to apologize for anything. Right. Can I have a better amen? amen. That's a little better. <laughs> but look over here in the book of Ephesians. We, uh, I just felt impressed to read this. Uh, I tell you, our uh, Sunday school lessons are getting pretty heavy. You know, did you know that in the Old Testament, 
that the anointing uh, got so heavy and prevalent that the priest had to get down on the floor that it was so heavy, the anointing was so heavy. Man, they couldn't even get up. Oh, well, it's all how we believe. Uh, Somebody in here could maybe be the first one to allow that to happen in their life. But isn't it good to know that God is an all-knowing God? And uh, some of these lessons, I tell you, we're finding out that uh, some of these guys in the Old Testament are going to have to answer for some of the things that they did. Well, they probably already have by now. But, you know, it swings right over into the New Testament. We don't, as believers, we don't have a free pass or a free ticket just to do what we want when we get born again. And God set up a way that the church, the local church, who is underneath the church, and we're glad to know that. But turn, if you would, to the book of Ephesians. I just want to briefly read this to you this morning. This is how God does things in the local church. And when we err from what God wants us to do, then we're going to err from what he wants us to know. Amen? But he set this up. I didn't. So when he sets this up, then I think it's probably the way that we ought to go to stay out of trouble. Amen. If, uh, if, if Brother Steve were to give me directions to, say, uh, uh, Denver, Colorado, and I would go by his instructions, uh, I would probably get there because I don't think he would tell me wrong. But if I didn't follow his instructions, then I would probably end up getting lost and not know where I was at. Because I didn't listen to what I was told. And there's, there's just a way that God... Uh, how many of you know God is a God of divine order? He, he doesn't do anything out of place. He doesn't do anything out of order. But look here in Ephesians, if you would, chapter 4. Hallelujah. Beginning in verse 7. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul here talking to these people at Ephesus. And it says, uh, but... Unto every one of us is given grace. Boy, isn't that good to know. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, let captivity captive and gave gifts, plural, unto men. Who's he talking about? People like you and I. I said people like you and I. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also as that ascended up far above all heaven, that he might fill all things. In other words, there is such a void that there was many things going on in this new church that Jesus had to take care of. I mean, Jesus came under the law to fulfill what the law stated. All his life, that 33 and a half years that he was here on this earth, he was operating under the law of Moses, but he was led from his father's bosom to come to earth wrapped in a man's suit to operate in grace. Glory to God. So this is what he did. This is what God did. Now, how many of you know you can't set yourself into these offices. You can't say, well, I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. You know, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, I'm going to try that preaching business. I said, what? 
you're going to try to be a preacher? He said, yeah, and then if it don't work, I'll just quit. Well, you know, you, well, we know he's probably not pastoring somewhere. <laughs> he, he, he's probably not preaching or teaching somewhere. But God set this up. He gave some apostles. Not all of them. He gave some apostles. Some prophets. And some evangelists. And some pastors. And teachers. Those last two, a lot of people like to put that gift of the pastor in with the gift of the teacher. Because that's basically what a pastor does. But I think those are five separate gifts that God sets in the body. And like I said, you don't call yourself into this office. There has to be a calling. What did God say? God said, he's going to set these in. Well, I think I'm this. No, it's not about thinking. Well, I think I'm that. Now, your idea of the five-fold ministry right here could be a whole lot different than what God's idea is for it. And eventually, hopefully... Uh, on one of these Wednesdays, I'm going to get into the gifts of the Spirit, get into the gifts of the Spirit. So you don't want to miss any of these services. I mean, when I first got saved, I told Barbara, I said, man, I don't want to miss church. I may hear something that I need to, to hear to help me learn how to be a better Christian. I mean, when the doors were open, there was Barbara and I. We were there. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for being here this morning. But let's go on here. Well, why did he give these specific five-fold ministry gifts? Amen. Well, look here at verse 12. This kind of does this. Now, who does this? Who is verse 12 talking about? Go back to verse 11. This is who he's talking about. This is, this is who's going to do this. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, I say this about Sister Beverly, and she, she knows I'm, uh, I'm using this as an example. Because Sister Beverly teaches high school doesn't mean necessarily that she's operating in the gift of the teacher. She could be. I said she could be. Just because our children are taught downstairs and they're being taught or our youth does not mean that that person who's doing that is specifically operating in this particular gift. But we can teach. We're not all preachers. We don't have a pulpit ministry. All of us are not going to stand behind this pulpit, but we're all encouraged to be preachers or teachers of the gospel. Amen, amen, amen. Well, you know, this is who God set up to do what? Now look here at verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. Who is that? That's us. Has anybody in this room that hears my voice today, have any of you arrived? Do you know everything? Do you think that uh, you ought to be doing something when others are doing because you think you know more? No. 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 I'm here because I was set here. I'm here because I was set. Go back to verse 11. I was set here as a pastor. <laughs> I didn't say, oh, I didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to go to uh, Hope Through Grace Fellowship and be their pastor. Don't work that way. I said it doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, the local congregation doesn't have anything to do with this. 
The gift. The gift. What did God say? And he, who? God. God gave these. You don't call yourself into any of these. And I say that. I just, I've seen so much of this. There are so many self-called apostles. Self-called prophets. Self-called evangelists. Self-called pastors. And self-called teachers. You don't call yourself. Any of these gifts probably will probably be somewhere and you've already set under an experienced pastor. Yeah. Amen. I mean, uh, I don't want to, we're getting in so much with that. <laughs> but this is what I wanted to say. It's these five-fold ministry gifts that does what? They perfect you. Now, how does a pastor perfect the saints or believers? By teaching and preaching on Sunday and whenever else you meet together. Amen. He perfects them. Not to the point that you would be perfect, but the Bible does teach us that we are to strive towards being perfect in Him. See, it's not about you. You can in and of yourself be not perfect, but it's because of who we follow. Now the pastor, everybody say the pastor, can perfect you with the Word. Amen. It's like going to a filling station. If you go up to a filling station and your car's on empty, what are you going to have to do to get some gas in that car? You're going to have to take that handle off. You're going to have to put gas in it. Why? Because you're on empty. Anybody ever come in the church on Sunday or Monday and come in on empty? Well, that's what the pastor's job is. He's to make sure that those who are on empty or half full or three quarters full is even perfected more by the word of God that he's going to deposit in you to cause you to get over being empty. Can you say amen? Whoa, I'm not empty this morning. I'm on a full tank. I'm ready to pour it out. And if you'll open up the lid of your gas can, I will pour it in you. <laughs> but you got to be here. <laughs> how, do, how, do, how, would, how would any animal miss feeding time? And I'm not comparing you to an animal. Don't get all puffed up. How would any animal survive if they keep missing feeding times? They wouldn't, thank you. They go hungry. And they get hungry. And how many of you know when you get hungry, you do things that are not always right? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what does he do? He perfects the saints. He brings them to a point. Now, we're looking at a long range as pastors because we're always dealing with new sheep, middle-aged sheep, and older sheep. So when we preach and teach, we have to make sure that there's something there that the little lambs can get, that there's something that the middle ones can get, and there's something that the older ones can get. I heard a guy tell me one time, he says, well, why do you talk so much about uh, John 3.16? That's one of my favorite scriptures. I said, well, is it, is it done? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth would not perish. But what? Is everybody saved? Are all your family members in? 
Are they all safe? Are they living a godly life? So then we need to keep preaching John 3.16, don't we? Now, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. There's so many things a pastor has to teach. To do what? To perfect. To bring you to a point in your life where you can live on your own. Come on now. Babies can't live on their own. Older ones, the, the, the mature Christians are to, to be there for the younger ones. I think it talks about the elder women are supposed to be there for the younger women. Be, a, be a, a, examples to these young ones that are growing up. Well, ladies, what kind of an example are you being to the younger ones? The gentlemen, what kind of example am I being? As a pastor, what kind of example am I being to you as far in sharing the word of God with you? My whole, my whole concept in life when I took this church was to make sure that I would always deposit in you the living Logos word of God. In other words, God's word is alive. And if God's word is alive and that word gets on the inside of you, then that makes me and you alive. And if I'm alive, then I can go into any dead situation and cause life to come because greater is the word of God that's in me than the word of God that's not in those out there that I'm going to talk to this week. God send me somebody this week to talk to. Woo! Glory to God. Well... For what? The perfecting of the saints. Why? (laughs) For the what? The work of the ministry. Amen. As a young boy, I was taught this early. I was taught this early. Ministry is four letters. W-O-R-K. And if you don't think you're good enough to work, then stay out of the ministry. Because that's what you'll do. I said, that's what you'll do. I used to tell all of our young ministers and the men and the ladies that were coming up under Barbara and I were called into the ministry. They found out real quick that just because they come to the pastor and said, God's called me to preach, that they ever got behind the pulpit. I wanted to see how good they cleaned restrooms. I wanted to see how good they could uh, greet people at the door. Yeah, but pastor, I'm called to preach. Yeah, yeah, I know. I said, so was I. But I didn't start in the pulpit. I started being faithful. I said, I started being faithful to the ministry where it was that I was at. Well, the fivefold ministry protects, pro, uh, projects those that are in the local church, the word of God, so they can be perfected to do what? The work of the ministry. To do the work. There's all kind of work. You know, did you know somebody gets to church before I do? And I, don't, I still don't know who it is and turns on the lights. Somebody comes in here and turns up the heat. Somebody puts food in the food box out here. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Amen. Somebody does that. Well, I wonder who does that. It's those people who've been taught by the pastor to perfect them to do the work of the ministry. Amen. 
It takes, it takes work from Lisa's part to work with our singers and our musicians to be able to stand in front of you and, 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 and bless us like they did today. That don't just, just don't happen overnight. Amen. It takes practice. It takes pra- I mean, I can hear my coach in my ears. We'd get done with practice. I couldn't wait till practice over. And all of a sudden he said, wait a minute, let's do it again. Lisa may sing to the singers. No, we're not done. Let's sing it again. <laughs> Let's sing it again. And you know what? If you keep doing it and singing it again, guess what? He'll do it again. I said, he'll do it again. Oh, glory to God. Let's go on here. My, my goodness. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's all done for one reason, is to build you up. To edify you, to build you up. That, that's our, uh, I heard a guy say the other, t- uh, the other day, Brother Doug Jones is one of our instructors at college, and he said the fivefold ministry is not who you are, it's your job description. I like that. I'm an apostle. Good for you. If you got to tell, let me listen, listen to me. I'm talking to you as a pastor this morning. If you got to tell somebody what you are, evidently there's no fruit there. Amen. That's right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I heard Brother Keith Moore say one time, he's another instructor of ours. He said, uh, one of his members came up and said, uh, Brother Keith, what do you want us to call you? And he said, do you want us to call you brother or or pastor, or Keith, or or uh, whatever. And he said, you know, he said, I answer to Brother Keith, but my job description is Pastor Moore. Amen. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Till, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And we're all going to do that in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? We're going to accomplish that in just four weeks. <laughs> look at what the word says. Till. Don't read anything else. Just look at till. Amen. Till. Well, when's till? I don't know. Till the body is edified. Till the saints are perfected. To do the work of the ministry. How long does that take? I don't know. How long has this church been here? This church, this building? Over 43 years. Have the saints been perfected? Come on, how long has it been? Over 40 years. Have the saints been perfected? Has everybody arrived? No. Does everybody know everything yet? No. We've been at it 44 years. And we're still what? Perfecting the saints. Edifying the body of Christ. Why? Till our work is not done. Your work is not done as a believer. What works for me back here ought to work for you out there. You'll never see me ask you to do something that Barbara and I won't do. If I ask you to give, I'll jump in the giving basket first. If I ask you to pray, I'll jump in the prayer line first. If I ask you to fast, I'll start fasting myself. Amen. 
If I ask you to be friendly, then I'm myself all. You know how you find friends? The Bible says to first show yourself friendly. We're believing this morning that Evelyn was greeted friendly. And I didn't know that she's already friends with Doris back here. I saw him talking out there and I said, does Doris know her? And she does. <laughs> so she, they met at the door. Uh, oh, well, now they do know each other. They are friends now. <laughs> I thought prior to that that she knew each other. Well, <laughs> see, we're friends now. Everybody's friends with Evelyn now. We're all friends with each other now. Have we come to, to the maturity of, of really knowing each other as friends yet? No. Oh. We have to strive for that. Amen. Verse 13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Oh my. And the knowledge of the Son of God. Anybody in here ever arrived that you have the knowledge of God all inside you. I pray every morning and every night before I go to bed, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I thank you, Lord, that the eyes of my understanding were enlightened every day of my life because of you. (laughs) There's plenty there. Can you say amen? Till we all come. Others are going to get there before some others. Others need a little more help than others. Amen. Anybody teach or ever do anything like that? Uh, you know, the class, some classes have slow learners, and then they have intermediate learners, and then they have, man, those that just hear it and they got it the first time and they're gone. I was, I was in the class before the slow learners. I was called a hardhead. <laughs> in other words, you just got to keep drumming it into me. But when I got it, I got it. Reminds me of a song. I got it. No, that's another thing. Amen. But I did get it. And his name is Jesus Christ. What for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ, till we all, 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 A-L, till we all, this church, this local church, God wants us all to come to a point till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So it is a continuous teaching, preaching service that we give to God till he comes. I said till he comes. I talked to a, a friend of mine who was at the meeting and he's 81 years old. And he had a, had a member of his church come up to him and he said, he said, uh, Brother Charles, are you getting ready to retire? And he kind of looked at this guy kind of funny because uh, Brother Charles is, I mean, up here, he's just sharp as a tack. But he just moves a little slower. How many of you know that when you get a little older, you do move a little slower? Don't mean we quit. Now, I tell you, I used to take off running like a banshee. I mean, if the Lord had say run, I was gone. Woo! But now, if the Lord says, you might want to run, I'll, I'll look it around and I'll make sure I get my first step and then I'll take off running. Because <laughs> how many of you know in the morning, this is me now. You don't laugh at me. If I talked about you, it wouldn't be funny. But you, I'll talk about me. <laughs> when I get out of the bed, I, I, I take one step. Okay. And I bring the other foot up. Okay, I'm ready. I can get up now. <laughs> 
The rest of you probably don't do that. But I mean, that's the way I wake up. But when I get awake, I'm awake. When I get ready, I'm ready. I said, when I'm ready to go, I'm going. Amen. It don't mean I'm going to stop running. I just may go slower. I heard a guy said, if I can't run and you get that slow, just start scooting. Remember that show on TV? Laughing. What was that guy's name? Yes, he would like this. Man, we'd be here all day waiting for him to get up and sing a special. <laughs> Amen? Amen. The word is brought not only by the fivefold ministry, but others who have been blessed to be able to teach God's word and bring us to a point to where we can be perfected or grow or mature. In God's word. Amen. Glory. Glory to God. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. See, there's something out there to strive for. That person on the inside of you is alive. He's not dead. He's alive. Amen. Sometimes we get the mully grubs and sometimes we get that old whining spirit on us and all we want to do is complain and whine. But just remember who it is that's in you. It's the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. And He will quicken your mortal body. He will quicken you. He will quicken you. Thank God for the power of Pentecost that came on the inside of men and women just like you and I. I am alive. I am not dead. I'm not done. I'm just beginning. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of what? Christ. That we, that why, I said all that to say this, that you and I, the believers, excuse me, I have never gotten over being saved. And I, I say, well, 50 years I've been saved? Uh, 47 years? I have 47 years ago. They told me as a new Christian when I was six months old, they said, don't you worry about it, it'll wear off after a while. It's been 46 years and it hasn't wore off yet. I'm more grateful for God today than I've ever been in my whole life. Whoa! Mm. Come on! <laughs> Glory! Whoa! Glory to God! Glory to God! Give me another mountain! Show me a mountain! And you know what I'm going? I want to talk to that mountain! <laughs> Everybody say, I love the pastor. You may have to say it by faith now, but that's okay. (laughs) You're going to get to love me with the love, listen to me, with the love of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, glory. 14. That you and I, I may preach that message I had ready next week. If I get to it, that you and I, folks, there's too many of us been in this too long, being tossed to and fro. Come on. You ought to know better. We as believers ought to know what we believe. 
We ought to know where our home church is. Yeah. The Bible does say, fail not to assemble ourselves together. I'm paraphrasing as the time should be. I'm paraphrasing that. That's telling me that I should fail not to assemble myself together at my local church. Do you think that's what that means? I'm not putting words in your mouth. But when you are perfected, made mature by the Word of God, you cannot keep away from a place that God has called you to. And you can't leave a place where God has set you to be. Amen. Let's go on here. This, or that, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children. Come on now. I'm so glad that when I came in and looked up, looked at the congregation this morning, I didn't see any of you, any of you people sucking on a pacifier. That's what we do to babies. Amen. We used to do that to our kids for a while. Until I got tired of it, and I, I told Barbara, I said, take that stinking thing out of that baby's mouth. That was me. I would have probably been thrown in jail for that now. Tied to a hitching post. <laughs> that we henceforth, come on, I'm being serious. Let's all quit being children. We're adults in here. We've been taught the ever-living, loving Word of God. For 43 years. The word has been preached from this pulpit. To do what? To perfect the saints. To bring them to a point to where we could understand and love each other and come to some unity about ourselves. We have to stick to that. We have to stick to that. Let me go on here. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. I'm telling you, folks, a do- some, not every doctrine you hear is, is a God doctrine. Doctrine is simply a truth that we believe in. The Bible has a word integrity attached to it. It's the integrity of the word that causes our doctrine as a whole, not denomination, our word, our, our word. The word is, has integrity. That none can touch that's in the body of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children. Quit, quit allowing what you hear down the road move you because you already know what to believe. You know what's true. Why listen to it? I said, why listen to it? That's what a little kid does. I'm going to play Mary Go. Uh, no, what is it when you call each other and they come running? Yeah, Red Rover. <laughs> I forgot. Remember that? Red Rover, Red Rover, I hope you choose me to come over. And remember how mad you got when they never called you? Why don't they pick me? I want to go over. James wants to go over. <laughs> come on. Little kids games. And and what what's that other game? They go in a circle and they walk around the circle and you drop down and you... Duck, duck, goose. Yeah. 
Remember Duck Duck Goose? Y'all know what that is? Who said that anyway? <laughs> you know, it's a circle. Everybody gets in a circle. One guy walks on the outside or a girl and they walk around it. And all of a sudden they go like that. And then they start running. If you catch them, you get to do that. I, I know you were one of those people that nobody ever stood behind. You never do, got to do the duck, duck, goose part. Come on, that's a children's game. We don't play games like that in church. I mean, unless it's for fun or recreation or something like that. But we're no longer children, Glenda. Are we? We're no longer children. We're no longer children, are we, George? But we're adults. We should be mature to the things of God. That's why when you get mature and the pastors labor and labor. How many pastors have you had in 43 years? Several? Less than 10? Okay. Then you've had several. But what have they done? If, if, if I could have every one of them up here this morning. And if they could, five is all we've had? Okay. If I could have all of them up here this morning. And if we could ask them a question. What was your purpose as a pastor here? I would like to think that they would all say this right here. To perfect the saints. To bring them to a point to where we could get to know each other. That we could love each other through the gospel. Every answer you'll ever need is in the gospel. The good news. Amen. Got to hurry up. I'm going to quit here. That we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By the slight of man. Come on now. That's what we were kind of talking about in the, in the lesson. By the, these false prophets. Slight. In other words, trickery. I don't have to trick anybody in here about believing that Jesus is the Son of God. He is. And there's only two places that we're going to end up. And I know this is not popular. Hell and heaven. Glory. Amen. Uh, By the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. See, that... That's what a pastor wants to do more than all. Keep you from deception. Because, folks, let me tell you from a pastor's heart this morning, if you know the word and if you'll listen to me and all these other men that has been here before me, if you'll listen to the word, deception cannot come to your house. Because you've been perfected. You've been matured. You know what the word says. You'll do what the word says. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? The word of God. You don't just hear it one time and get it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Then all of a sudden a lot will come on and you'll say, I got it. That's what perfection does or bringing us to maturity. Amen. But it don't come by that way in verse 14, but it comes this way. But speaking the truth in love. Come on. That we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16. From whom the what? The whole body. 
Not just this body. We're just one body of many from whom the whole body fairly joined together and compacted by that which we joint, that which every joint supplieth. Amen. Every joint supplieth. You know, all of our joints supplies all the parts of our body. That's what the local church should be doing. That we, this local church, we should be supplying your every need through the word and by deed and by action. Amen. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Everything that we do here at Hope Through Grace Fellowship ought to be laced with love. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Like I said, I do have something good. I was, I was going to give it to you this morning, but uh, I'll get it maybe next week. That's okay if I don't. I love the spontaneity of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? amen. So glad you're here with us this morning. Lisa, you want to help me out on the piano this morning? Please don't take this lightly. Barbara and I count it a privilege every time I get to see your face on Sunday. Amen. And I'm learning names. He laughs at me every time I look at him because he don't know if I'm going to say a right name. <laughs> but, but you love me, don't you? And you're praying for your pastor. <laughs> and I will get your names right because I want to know you. And I want you to know Barbara and I. We have a mandate on our life. And that's to take the word of faith to this dying generation. He's so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there there anybody that can hear my voice this morning having trouble with your hands? Anybody having trouble with your hands? Come up front if that's you. Yeah, just stand right here in front of me. I'm going to come down and pray with you. The Lord showed me that before church started. Somebody needs prayer in their hands. These hands, for whatever reason, whether it's carpal tunnels or, or whatever it may be, uh, just stand right beside Glenda. Just face me. Just give me room to walk right in front of you there. Your hands. Now, see, folks, this, this is part, a small part of perfecting the saints bringing them to a point in their life that healing belongs to them. I mean, how many of you know your faith can't take you beyond what you don't know? But it will meet you with what you do know. Evidently, these people up here believe that there's a healing Jesus and that he's in the house today. So would you help me stretch your hands out towards these people up here? And I'm going to pray for their hands, whatever it may be, the muscles, the joints, uh, the ligaments, the blood flow, whatever it is. I believe as a believer, the Bible says I can lay hands on the sick and the sick shall what? Why? Because I'm a believer. Now, who's going to do the healing here? Jesus is. Amen. But it's activated by their faith. It's activated by the faith of these people that are up here. So when I lay my hands, they're going to receive. And when I come by you, all I want you to do is just say, I receive. I receive my healing in Jesus' name.
There's a tangible anointing in this building this morning. He's been here all the time. But he just wanted a way in. And we've given him a way in. So please be in prayer with me right now as I pray for these. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I receive. Just say, I receive into my hands the anointing of Jesus. The anointing. Not me, but Jesus. Amen. Hold your hands up. In the name. In the name. I receive. Go ahead and say, I receive. Into my hands. Into my hands. Yeah, into my hands. Into my hands. Into my hands. Into my hands. In the name. In the name. In the Amen. In the name. In the name. In the name. In the name. I receive. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Revelation. You want that so much in your heart that God would reveal things to you. He will. He will and He is. Be intent. Intent to listen. Woo. Thank you, Father. In her hands. In her hands. In her hands. Are you up here too, Craig? Or are you just with Janet? Father, in his hands. Give me your hands. In his hands. I receive. In his hands. In his hands. In his hands. In his hands. That's what he came for. In her hands. In her hands. Woo. In her hands. In her hands. In her hands. In her hands. Oh, in her hands. In the name. Say, I receive. I receive. Oh, in her hands, in her hands. Well, there it is. In her hands. Give me your hands. In your hands. Say, I receive. Say, I receive. I receive. In my hands. Thank you, Father, for her healing. In her hands. In her hands. In her hands. Oh, thank you, Father. In her hands. Now just go ahead and thank him for what you got. Just go ahead and thank him. Just go ahead and thank him. Just go ahead and thank Him for what you got in your hands. It wasn't me, but it was the anointing of the Holy Ghost that touched you. Not me, but Him. It'll never be me. It'll never be us. It'll always be the anointing. It'll always be the anointing. Choose the anointing. Always. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for those that stepped out. Yeah, just expect expect a notice. Amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, I don't know everybody in here, but I, I just about know everybody here, and I believe everybody is saved. But if you're not saved and you, you, you're not sure of your salvation, You're not sure if Jesus were to come that you'd go to heaven. If you're not sure of that, let me see your hand. Everybody's sure of that. Everybody's sure of that. Amen. Well, you may be here this morning and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If that's you and you'd like to receive that, you raise your hand. It's a gift. It's for everybody. No, you don't have to have it to get to heaven. But if you're going to stay here and fight, it sure would be a good tool to have. I'm going to be teaching on that pretty soon. Pretty soon. Hallelujah. Amen. I just love you all. You've made me feel welcome. I'm at home here. Kansas City is home. It is home. And we're friends. I'm your pastor, but listen, we're friends. I appreciate what you do, all you do, whenever you do it. It's never unnoticed. Amen. 
I said, amen. (laughs) Do you ever think the impossible? Think about things that seem impossible. Do you ever kind of, let me me have your hand. Well, thank you, Lord. (laughs) You said she could do all things. So, Father, I thank you. Those things that she may seem that look impossible, you can make possible by the Spirit, through her heart, through her spirit. Good things for you, young lady. Good things in store for you as you follow him. Don't be, uh, I don't want to use the word afraid, but don't be skeptical. Sometimes we do allow fear to try to enter in, but fear can't come in where you're going. And you stay there. Pursue it. Pursue it. In other words, go after it. And Jesus will bring it to pass. Amen. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't mean tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will remind you of that. Amen. Well, let's stand. Praise God. (laughs) Hey, have a great day today. Wednesday night, I'm continuing my series on the authority of the believer. I love teaching that because too many years, the devil has bullied the church too long. He's lied to the church too long. So we're learning some truths. We're being set free. And God is doing great things in our life. Amen. Brother George, dismiss us this morning. Thank <laughs> you.